Welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman, and I invite you to join us as we talk candidly about the emotional challenges of living with type 1 diabetes. We'll give you actionable strategies to help you face these challenges head on, reduce your stress, and most importantly, live a full life without letting diabetes get in the way. Welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I'm Dr. Mark Heyman. This is the first episode of our six-part series looking at ways to overcome the biggest mental health challenges of living with type 1 diabetes. On this episode, we're talking about diabetes burnout. Type 1 diabetes is a full-time job with no breaks, and this unrelenting work and stress can lead to burnout. We're going to talk about what diabetes burnout looks like and what you can do when burnout hits. My guest today is David Mina. David was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when he was 11 years old and has dealt with burnout on and off throughout his life with diabetes. David has some really great perspective on how to deal with burnout when it does come along. David is also the digital creator behind Type 1 Livabetic on Instagram, and he runs a social platform to spread awareness and education. Here's my conversation with David. David, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. No, I'm really, I'm really thrilled that you're here. So I want to start off by hearing your diabetes story and, and hearing, you know, about your diagnosis and what are, what's been your experience with diabetes up until now? Okay, so um, I've had diabetes for 11 years. Um, I was diagnosed actually at the age of 11 as well. Um, and I, you know, was still a child at the time, so I didn't really understand what was going on. Um, and it was really... A shocking new experience for me that I just was not expecting to ever happen. Um, so of course I, you know, had all the typical symptoms, losing lots of weight. I've probably lost about 25 pounds in two weeks. Um, I had, you know, all the frequent urination and drinking tons of water, all of that. And, um, yeah, it was just a really crazy experience that I didn't even know what was going on until I went ahead and got a blood test um, and just a few days later got um, a phone call that I have type 1 diabetes. So, um, you know, they called me into the, the doctor's office. They told me in a more formal sense at that time. And then they moved me over to a different hospital that had the pediatric endocrinology. So um, I went there for about four or five days, learned all about diabetes and it was so overwhelming and so scary at first I felt you know truly alone to say it in simple terms like I felt yeah I had my family with me the whole time and um, you know people would come in and visit me in the hospital but I just was introduced to this whole new world that I was not expecting and it all happened so fast that by the time I left the hospital, I still was in this blur, but I felt like, okay, I have to just keep moving forward. I can't really like, you know, take my time. It's, it's a disease that changes on the minute. So you really have to, you know, know what you're doing and just kind of accept it as it goes. But that was the thing I, I hadn't fully accepted my diabetes. Um, and it took me a good few years to fully accept it, actually, which kind of ties into my full story with diabetes. But 
Um, yeah, that was just a little backstory of my diagnosis. You know, a few yeah. years passed and I turned, you know, 13, 14. I started caring for my diabetes more on my own and um, not depending on my parents as much to help me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being a teenager, having to pretty much care for yourself and for a chronic illness, it's a lot and you're not going to really do the best job always. And so I definitely ran into some, you know, tough places with that and not caring for myself, um, constantly running high blood sugars all the time and just really stressed out about managing diabetes. And so... Um, That led me to reaching the highest A1C I've ever had. And I got this really stern lecture from my endo and my um, diabetes educator one day at my three-month appointment. And it kind of really gave me that health scare that we all sometimes may need in order to take action. And I was just told, if I don't care for myself, I'm going to run into blindness and limb amputations, kidney problems, all of that. And did that have an impact on you? Those scary things? Definitely. I think I had been living with diabetes, not thinking about complications and thinking, Uh you know, I'm still here. I'm still alive. Like I can keep doing what I'm doing. But I didn't realize the impact that I was placing on my own self and my own health until you know I feel like if it weren't for that that health scare I probably wouldn't have taken charge and taken control over my diabetes today so as scary as it was I am very grateful and I feel like I specifically needed that in order to make a change so I'm curious, how is that fear different than the fear that you had when you were diagnosed? Because you use the word scary when talking about diagnosis and also scared when you got that lecture from your doctor. Were those different fears? They were. I think at the time of diagnosis, I felt more scared in terms of my life as a whole. I didn't know. I mean, I'm going to be completely honest. I didn't know if I was going to be alive for much longer. I at one point thought, maybe this is it for me. And then that was, you know, the fear at the time, Um, Mm -hmm. having to inject myself, prick my fingers, realizing that this is what the rest of my life is going to look like. And I had been, you know, I guess you could say very sheltered at the time, you know, as a kid growing up, I wasn't familiar with, you know, taking shots all the time. I didn't see it as normal. I didn't see blood as often and being normal and all of that. So it was just a different fear. Come to, you know, two, three years later when I got that lecture from my diabetes educator, it kind of was a similar fear, but at the same time, it was different because it felt like, okay, here's this problem in my hands. I have to fix. I've gone so long with doing it wrong apparently and not putting any effort or any care towards it and my life is at stake at this point I really need to do something about it and so both had their own fears of you know life or death in a sense but they were a little different at the time 
Yeah, it sounds like the first one was like, what does this mean about my life? All of a sudden, my, I've been going along for 11 years. And all of a sudden, my life is going to change. Yeah. And certainly changing for health reasons, but it's going to change just my lifestyle. And what does that mean about me? And the next one was a fear of if I don't change this now, bad things are going to happen to me. Exactly. But the other interesting part is one of them is saying something that you can actually have control over, you know, managing your diabetes better. And the other one is not something you have much control over at all is the change in lifestyle and the fact that you now have type 1 diabetes. Exactly. And it just made me feel like, you know, I, at such a young age, had this grand thing I had to really care for and consider. And I think that got to me as well because I was thinking, you know, none of my friends have to think this way at the same age as me. Um, you know, they can continue you know, going to school, hanging out with friends, eating whatever they want. And then here I am having to carb count and, you know, pick mm -hmm. my fingers and take injections, all of that. So it definitely messed with my mental well-being at the time. And I just didn't know that it was. But um, looking back, for sure, it had such a great impact on, on me mentally. Yeah, so what were the biggest mental health challenges that you had around diabetes, uh, especially in the earlier years? And how have those changed over the years? I think now looking back, one thing that I really, really struggled with was depression. Um, and again, I didn't know at the time, but now looking back, I probably lived a good two, three years um, in the beginning with diabetes, 100% depressed. I think um, mm. feeling alone for sure, feeling like I had never, I always wanted to just meet one person with diabetes to know that there is somebody else out there. Um, you know, I have all the support from my family and my friends, but they fully don't understand what a low blood sugar feels like, what a high low blood sugar feels like, what, you know, diabetes burnout feels like. They didn't fully understand that as much as they saw it. And so I would go, you know, most of my teenage life, deep down, I was depressed, really craving community, really craving friendship and understanding on diabetes. And it wasn't until I'd say my eighth or ninth year with diabetes till I just said, you know, enough is enough. I'm forcing myself to go to a diabetes meetup and meet other people with diabetes. And I did that. And I kid you not, that was the best thing I could have ever done for my diabetes. And I truly believe that that day moving forward, my depression went away 100%. And it, it was so crazy how it happened. And I know that it sounds probably, I'm making it sound very simple, like, oh, it just went away. But I believe that it did because that was all that I was needing to feel understood and to feel you know, a part of something greater with diabetes, not just, oh, I am a type one diabetic, but no, I am a type one diabetic part of this community. So yeah, definitely depression. Um, I think any diabetic will face this at one point in time or not, but I always would struggle with anxiety around diabetes, um, low blood sugar anxiety, even high blood sugar anxiety. I ran into a few extreme situations with both, which really um, kind of placed this negativity around highs and lows for me that 
anytime I would go high or low in public, especially at school or just, you know, out and about, I would really worry about, you know, the what ifs that really would mess with me mentally. And I really had to kind of coach myself through those moments and say like, okay, what am I worried about? What can I do and take action towards? And then it really made me realize that diabetes comes with a huge mental aspect that I never mm -hmm. knew was a thing. And once I fully realized that it is common, I had to put it into perspective. What could I do differently to, to beat those symptoms in a sense, to get rid of depression, mm -hmm. to stop being anxious all the time um, when I go low or high. So just a little backstory of some of the mental challenges I've had with diabetes, but I know that it's very common as well. And I know that, you know, you've written some stuff in, on your Instagram as well as some blogs about your experience with diabetes burnout. And I'd like to hear about what your experience has been and how that's impacted your life, how that's impacted your diabetes management, and what have you done to be able to overcome some of those challenges? I think diabetes burnout is so very common and I know it happened now. I know that it happens all the time. Um, I always tell people and tell myself that diabetes comes in waves, you know, some days or some periods of time, really, they're going to be a high tide. You're going to run into that overwhelming feeling around your diabetes, feeling like, oh, I just can't get my numbers where I want them. And it's just consuming my every thought and I'm really overwhelmed. Um, but then there are those times where you're at this you know, flat shore and everything is going well. And so I think I had to realize that first, to realize that burnout is going to happen regardless. And it might happen every few months, it might happen once a year, but it's different for everyone. I think for me personally, I know now to expect that every maybe six months at least, I am probably going to run into a small diabetes burnout phase. And so when I start to feel those symptoms in a sense and to start to realize that, uh oh, here comes diabetes burnout, it's that time. Um, I know what I need to do in a sense to kind of just cope with it in the time being. I always know that it has never lasted more than a good three to seven days at most, probably. And I know that it's just a phase. I know it's going to come and go. And so in those moments, I just make sure to really feel what I'm feeling, to really just, mm -hmm. you know, if I'm going to be overwhelmed and depressed, feel it and just let it happen, let it come out naturally. Um, and then I just give myself all the time I need to do things at my own pace to not maybe schedule too many things in the day so I can really focus on myself for that short time and just kind of get myself going again. Taking a walk outside even can do so many good things for you. Just getting outside, distancing yourself from, you know, social media and your phone all the time. I personally am glued to my phone. So <laughs> I think, you know, for me, being so involved in the diabetes community as well i'm always looking at diabetes and i think that can come with comparing with 
you know, what is this person up to today with their diabetes? And when you're going through burnout, that might not be the best thing. So like I said, I just distanced myself from that world for a short while. Um, try to do things other than diabetes-based things. So yeah. do a hobby, work out, you name it. But um, So are what are those symptoms of burnout that you feel and how do you know they're coming on? I, I think I start to feel mad at my diabetes like i'm a very a very good relationship with my diabetes i rarely ever say oh i hate diabetes oh i wish i didn't have diabetes like that's not part of my vocabulary anymore mm -hmm. but i think when i start to feel burnout i start to get mad like if i have a really high blood sugar that just won't come down and i know i did everything in my power to hopefully or potentially avoid that and it still happened, I get mad and I think like, why did that happen? Um, and then I just start to be like really upset at everything diabetes centered, you know, having to carry all of my supplies every time I go out in a bag that sometimes I'm like, you know, I don't feel like carrying a fanny pack today. Why do I have to carry one? And then, mm -hmm. you know, if a low blood sugar hit me, for example, at a really bad time in the day, I get upset and it's like, why did this happen now of all times? And then it just gets to me. And I think it's a collection of frustration towards diabetes and it just gets to me mentally. And then I feel like, okay, I think I'm establishing that bad place with diabetes again, maybe that bad place I once was when I was a teenager and I start to relive it. And when I know that mm. feeling, I know it's coming on. Um, and so, you know, I just tell myself like, okay, prepare for burnout, prepare that it's going to come, but you know what you can do to get rid of it and to move forward after burnout. And I love what you said before about how burnout is a normal part of the experience of living with diabetes. And I, I think that if anybody with diabetes tells me that they never had burnout, I would either tell them they're lying to me or they don't know what burnout is because it's a 24 seven job and you're doing it all the time. And I would expect you're going to be burnt out. It would be, it's mind boggling to me that someone couldn't be burnt out dealing with this condition every day for for their life but i certainly feel that way a lot of the time yeah. and you know and, and partially because i work in the diabetes field and so i live with diabetes and i you know do diabetes all day long so when i go home i'm talking about other things and kind of focus on other things uh, but it can it can be, be a little overwhelming um sometimes and i know that you're wanting to go into the diabetes field as an educator so um exactly. how do you think about that i was gonna say you know and it's really nice to hear that you kind of have a similar feeling towards it too because one thing that you know i would say in my last burnout phase if you want to call it that the last time i experienced it um it made me realize like okay i live with diabetes 24 7 365 days a year i am in school right now hoping to become a certified diabetes educator and along with that my job as of now on social media is all diabetes based. So I feel like I was, I felt like I was carrying three full-time diabetes jobs and, you know, doing it just one 
job at a time, just living diabetes alone is a lot. And so carrying on two more of those, you know, diabetes positions, if you want to call it that, um, is a lot. And then I, I realized like, okay, there needs to be that balance. Like I need to realize when it's getting too much, whether living with diabetes or working with diabetes. And I need to learn how to put a barrier or a pause on it when necessary. So let's say one week, I'm just like really putting in a lot of work, both in my health and in my work. I need to also give myself time in the day to just do something totally 100%, you know, not diabetes at all, and just take that break. And I think it's important that move forward and take a break from diabetes at one point so it doesn't become too overwhelming. And that can potentially reduce the amount of times you go into diabetes burnout or the amount of hours or days that you are in diabetes burnout. I think you're able to limit that if you give yourself that space and that equal balance of diabetes and not diabetes in, in your day. What about for you giving yourself grace on your blood sugars and trying to be perfect or trying to have, trying to always have blood sugars in range? Because I know that that kind of pressure, especially someone who is you know, very public with their diabetes can be overwhelming. It can, it can set, set an expectation that I have to work really hard at this. And then if I'm off, I do something wrong. Is that been an experience for you? Um, that is a good question. It has a, it has been an experience where, you know, I feel like I am sharing my, my life with diabetes publicly on social media every single day. And I know that I don't personally compare my management or my blood sugars to other people, but I'm always afraid other people might compare them to mine. And like, I've been told like, oh, David, like you always have perfect trends on your Dexcom and like, how can I do that? And it's like, you know, I'm just like you. I run really high all the time too. I go super low. It's not always perfect. And so I do make sure to show that balance as well, to show that I go high and I go low and I don't always show perfect numbers either. Um, I think, you know, it makes me feel like I take myself back to my 11 year old self when I felt like I in a sense had done something wrong to get diabetes, which wasn't the case, but I felt that way at the time. And I try to remember like, no, I need to be that person to show that diabetes is not your fault one bit. If you go high, if you go low, if you, you know, have an extreme emergency in terms of your diabetes, it's not your fault and you shouldn't feel the need to compare or to feel bad if you have a day where you just don't resonate with your blood sugars at all. That's totally okay. And I never want people to feel bad or to feel like um, they have to have perfect blood sugars in a sense to be public about it. No, I think there is power when you show the highs and the lows, both literally and figuratively. I think it's important for people to see that, to show that we all, we're all living the same battle at the end of the day. Yeah. One thing I admire about you a lot in your social media is how you're open and talk a lot about 
the mental health challenges around diabetes that, that you've had. So burnout and certainly anxiety and depression. And I wonder how sharing that has helped you overcome and deal with some of those challenges for yourself. Yeah, I at first was very hesitant to share that part of my life and of my diabetes, but my whole goal on social media is to help somebody and to help people feel like these things are normal to feel and to experience with diabetes. So I said, you know what, what do I have to lose? I'm going to share, I'm going to hopefully reach one person at least who may be feeling how I felt. They didn't want to share their mental health journey. They didn't want to talk about it. And I shared it and I hope it did wonders for other people, but it sure did wonders for me in sharing my mental health journey because like I mentioned before, um, I met people with diabetes and I was still kind of getting new on social media and you know just dipping my toes in the water at that point. And I still was carrying on that depression. To this day, I still am carrying anxiety around diabetes and I think it's gotten a whole lot better and it has decreased quite a bit because of sharing my journey, but also seeing other people share their journeys with mental health and diabetes and realizing that you're diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, fine. But along with that comes with a mental health portion. And I think it's important that we all realize that like everyone's going to run into something at one point or another. And I think once I saw that, it helped me to realize like it's totally normal and there are ways to break past it. Awesome. So last question is, what is the best piece of advice you have ever gotten about how to deal with the emotional challenges of living with diabetes? I think the best advice I've been given is just to truly like take it one day at a time. But also, I mean, that's very obvious. Like we all say that, but I think one really strong piece of advice that I've been really trying to apply in my life just in the last few weeks is letting go of what you can't fully control or fix. Those things that you can fix and control, go ahead and fix it. But something, you know, like a mental health struggle that I know is just naturally going to happen and it's going to only be here for a short while and I don't fully have control over it. Otherwise, I wouldn't let it happen in the first place. If I don't fully have control over it, I think that's my cue to just let it go, go through the motions, feel it out, and then let it naturally pass. And so that's really helped me overcome anything, both mental health or just, you know, blood sugar management or life in general, letting go of what you can fix and then fixing what you can. That's just been something that's really helped me lately. I think that's awesome advice. Well, David, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. It's a great conversation. Thank you so much for having me. It's really an honor. If there's one thing that you take away from the episode today, I really hope that it's a realization that diabetes burnout is normal. And diabetes burnout is an expected part of living with diabetes. What I'm not saying is that diabetes burnout is a good thing or that we want you to feel burnt out. What I'm saying is that diabetes burnout is a normal reaction to 
living with diabetes and the stress that's involved with living with diabetes. Managing diabetes is a lot of work and it doesn't end. It's a 24-7 job and you get no breaks, no vacations. And just like if you had a job like that where you were on call all the time and didn't have a day off, you would feel burnt out. Diabetes is the same thing. And so it's a natural thing to feel burnt out with diabetes sometimes. Where things get complicated is where you start to feel different from other people with diabetes and feel like your experience is abnormal and that nobody else with diabetes experiences the same thing that you do. And you start to wonder, you know, why am I different or why can't I handle this? But the reality is, is that almost everyone else with diabetes experiences burnout too. And we may not talk about it, but we need to normalize the experience and recognize that burnout is a normal part of living with diabetes. The definition of diabetes burnout is a state in which someone with diabetes grows tired of managing their condition and then simply ignores it for a period of time or worse forever. And the thing that strikes me the most about this definition is that there's really two parts to it. The first is the feelings of burnout, the feelings of being overwhelmed and just done with diabetes and not wanting to deal with it anymore. And that's an emotional reaction. But the second part of the definition is a behavioral reaction. So when you feel overwhelmed with diabetes and you feel burnt out, your reaction to that is you stop managing it and you ignore it and you leave it alone as a way to manage that stress. You feel that if, you, if, you, if you're able to ignore diabetes for a while and able to stop managing it for a while, then somehow that will help the burnout to go away. And when I think about it that way, it really raises the question of, is it possible to feel burnt out and have that emotional response to diabetes but still manage diabetes well? Is it possible to separate the emotion from the behavior? And I'm a big believer that the answer is yes. It takes some work and it's not going to be easy, but it certainly is possible. And that involves recognizing the feeling of being burnt out and making a decision to behave in a different way than how you're feeling. Your feeling is telling you to stop managing diabetes and to ignore it. And your behavior is saying, I'm going to manage my diabetes anyway, even though I'm having that feeling. If you're able to separate the emotional aspect of burnout from the behavioral aspect of burnout, it will literally help you to make sure that diabetes burnout doesn't have such a big impact on your life. You can feel burnt out, but still take the action that you need to do to manage diabetes. I think that David made a really good point when he said that diabetes burnout looks different for everyone and no one has exactly the same experience with burnout. So for David, he felt overwhelmed with diabetes, but other people may feel annoyed or frustrated. Other people who are experiencing burnout may feel controlled by diabetes, like they have no freedom or like diabetes is holding them back, or they may feel isolated and alone in their experience and feel like the, no one understands them. And there are some people who don't even recognize that they're feeling burnt out, but what they recognize that is that their behavior has changed. Maybe they're not checking their blood sugar as much anymore. Maybe they're forgetting to take their insulin without actually recognizing why this is happening and realizing that it may be related to feeling burnt out. The bottom line is there's no one size fits all for the way that diabetes burnout should look or does look. And just because your burnout doesn't look like somebody else's burnout doesn't make it any less real or any less challenging for you. When people do experience burnout, it's really common to also experience a lot of, a lot of guilt and shame around those feelings of burnout. You know, people in your life may ask you, why do you feel this way or tell you you shouldn't feel this way? The diabetes really isn't that big of a deal. 
And then you start to question your own mind, like, why do I feel this way? Or is it okay to feel this way? Or is it normal to feel this way? And I want to let you know that the answer is absolutely yes. If you have diabetes burnout, it doesn't mean that you've done anything wrong. It doesn't mean that you're weak or that you shouldn't feel this way. What it means is that you're a normal person who's living in a stressful situation. And burnout is a natural reaction to that sort of stress. I thought David gave some really great advice about how he deals with diabetes burnout. And one of the things that really struck me about David's advice was that none of it was about how to get rid of burnout or make it go away. But his advice was really around how do I accept burnout? How do I prepare for burnout? And how do I deal with it when it does come along? There may not be a way to make diabetes burnout go away, but we can certainly learn to live better with burnout. David talked about how one of his strategies is that he expects diabetes burnout to happen. And he's not, so he's not surprised by it and not shocked by it when it does come along. And that really makes it easier for him to roll with the punches when it does come along and deal with it in the most effective way possible. It gives him a chance to prepare and put a plan in place so that when he does feel burnt out, he knows what to do, uh, both with his diabetes management and now his management behaviors, as well as with emotions. And this plan gives him a sense of stability that he can handle whatever comes along because he knows what to expect and he has a plan in place to be able to take action when those feelings come about. And he reacts in a way that sets him up for success. He realizes that he can't make the feelings of burnout go away, that they can't necessarily be controlled. But what he can do is he can implement self-care strategies that let him deal with the feelings and not be overwhelmed or consumed by them. The last thing David talked about was when he does experience burnout, he instead of trying to escape that burnout and try to get rid of it, he tries to sit there and be there with it and just and just feel it. And I think that this may be surprising advice to some of you. You may be wondering, why would I want to sit in my burnout? And why would I want to feel those really tough feelings of being overwhelmed and frustrated? And David brings up a really good point in that he knows that he can't make the feelings go away, that they are what they are sometimes. But by sitting with there with them, he's also able to recognize that they're temporary as opposed to try to fight them. Because when you start to fight your feelings, you actually get wrapped up in them even more and you become engaged with them. And it makes it a whole lot harder for them to go away naturally. And so by sitting with this burnout as opposed to fighting it and trying to make it go away, it just makes him more flexible. He doesn't get trapped by it or consumed by it, but he recognizes it for what it is and doesn't judge it. He's able to notice it and move on, which allows him to be flexible and do things that you want to do, even though he's feeling burnt out. And if you're going to feel burnt out, at least you want to feel flexible in your behavior and not let the burnout really impact what you're able to do in your life. David talked about a couple of other things that I want to make sure I touch upon. The first is that he always tries to remember that diabetes burnout is temporary, that it never lasts for too long. But he also recognizes in the, mo- in the moment, if you're feeling burnt out, it feels like it's never going to end. And it feels like this is all this is how you've always felt with diabetes. But the reality is, is that burnout comes in waves and it changes on a regular basis. Sometimes you may feel better. Sometimes you may feel worse. But seeing that diabetes burnout changes and that it can get better can give you some freedom and also some hope that you need when you're feeling really burnt out and when diabetes burnout is tough. Recognizing that that feeling is temporary is a really hopeful place to be. 
finally, David talked about how important it is for him to recognize what he can control and what he cannot control. We often have this belief that we have control over everything in our lives. We have control over our thoughts and have control over our feelings. And the reality is, is that we don't always have control over everything, specifically our thoughts and our feelings. And recognizing that we don't have control over some things and being okay with that is really a critical step in helping us to deal with diabetes burnout. At the same time, there are things that we can control. Uh, We can control our behaviors. We can control our reactions. We can control how we relate and how we interact with the world. But burnout is oftentimes in the bucket of things that we can't control. You want to make sure that you're engaging in fights that you can win and not engaging in fights that you can't win. And being aware of things you can and can't control can help you to do that. You can't all of a sudden snap your fingers and make those feelings go away no matter how hard you try. But guess what? When you focus on the things about diabetes that you can control, oftentimes the burnout lessens and it becomes less prevalent in your life. You feel more empowered, you feel more successful, and you feel more competent with your diabetes and your diabetes management and how you handle the things that diabetes throws your way. And isn't that the ultimate goal here? I always love hearing from you, and I would love to hear about your experience with diabetes burnout. What does burnout look like for you, and what have you done to effectively deal with your burnout? To get in touch, you can go to my website, thediabetespsychologist.com, and leave a comment, or send me an email to mark at thediabetespsychologist.com. That does it for today's episode of the Diabetes Psychologist podcast. If you like what you heard, I would really appreciate it if you would leave a review on iTunes. Also, tune in next time for episode two of the six-part series, where we'll dive deeper into what it's like to feel all alone with diabetes and what you can do if you're feeling alone. Thanks so much for listening. For more resources, you can visit www.thediabetespsychologist.com and be sure to sign up for the email list for access to exclusive content. I'm Dr. Mark Heyman, and tune in next time for the latest episode of the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. Thank you.